Welcome to the Ranking Things Podcast, the production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Eric Wright. And each episode, we're going to choose a topic to rank, give our choices for our top five, and defend our choices. It's the podcast where you can be part of the conversation. All you got to do is email us, rankingpodcast at yahoo.com, or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. Eric, we have a fun topic today. As always. I'm super excited for this. We're going to do the top five movie music moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as always, mm-hmm. I had to think about this and try to narrow it down. So, so you have rules. Guidelines. I don't want to say rules. Okay. Guidelines. Yeah, guidelines. Because, you know, it's not policy. It's not law. Right. Okay. So, but I need to do something to kind of help me. So one of the things was not having songs where they were just like written for something else or it was a pop song and then the movie used it. I kind of got into more like themes and emotional kind of music and something where when I hear that sound, that scene or that movie pops into my head. Okay. 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 So that's where I went with it that way. All right. So what's your number five Movie music moment. Mine is from the 1966 film, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. Okay. Written by uh, Ennio Morricone. Okay. The theme goes... (whistles) Right. Yeah. Right. And then there's... That sound happens a lot. In the movie. In the movie. Uh, Okay. Well, and it's funny because... You know, that wah, 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 wah. People say that when something goes wrong, and it's like part of our regular language. But is it the same thing as what's going on in the movie? You're talking about like a wah, wah, wrong answer. Yeah. but oftentimes in the movie, that sound does come up when something happens. Like, for example, there's there's this really cool scene where Tuco, who is the gangster buddy to Clint Eastwood's character, they're out in the middle of the desert and they think they're seeing these Confederate soldiers in the distance. So Tuco is screaming, oh, rebels, you know, come and <laughs> come and save us and help us. Then when the soldiers get there, you just see they're dusty. And as they're wiping the dust off, they're wah, Union soldiers. Wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Max and I watched this movie a few years ago for the first time. Okay. I've never seen it, actually. I'm I'm ashamed to admit. Well, I only saw it when I hit like 50, 51. And when we're watching it, and the first time we heard that sound, we just looked at each other. We start laughing. We're like, is this where that comes from? I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So now, (laughs) everybody's assignment. You have to watch The Good, Bad, and The Ugly. (laughs) We all know, you know, the whistle and right. you know how cool it is. I loved it, and hearing okay. that sound was like, whoa. Okay. So what's your number five? Number five for me is from Animal House. <gasps> I can't hear Sam Cooke's wonderful world, don't know much about history, okay. without thinking of John Belushi oh my walking down the line of food in the cafeteria, <laughs> yes. loading up his tray, putting sandwiches in his pocket, and my Pushing favorite thing- Pushing the tray with his stomach. Right. And my favorite thing is when he gets to the end, he mm-hmm. grabs an entire hamburger yes, and shoves the entire hamburger in his mouth. It's magnificent. He's just awesome. Number four. All right. See if you can guess this. Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, Pink Doing Panther. Pink Panther, yes. Nice. And this is going back to 1963, written by Henry Mancini. Mm-hmm. The Library of Congress actually has a copy because of its culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. From the very beginning, with the opening credits, with the Pink Panther kind of slinking mm-hmm. around and stuff, and yep. you're just hearing this really cool, smooth jazz with the flute, and then throughout the whole movie, where Clouseau comes home, and you know, Kato, his servant, is always like <laughs> hiding in order to jump him. It, that's Clouseau wants him to do that, you know, to keep his faculties right. sharp. Which they, which they did an homage to uh, wonderfully in the movie Why Him with James Franco and uh, oh, okay. Brian Cranston. Yeah. So you know, he comes walking in, and you just hear the flute. Doo-doo. And then all of a sudden, there's like Kato jumping on him yep. from you know behind the curtain or something. Yeah, so Very good. that's my number four. Okay, and cool. yours number four for me: Fast Times at Ridgemont oh. High, oh. moving yeah. in stereo. Oh, <laughs> two words. Yes. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. And that could lead to a whole nother podcast of just top five topless, topless scenes. scenes. Because yeah. Not that you haven't seen a zillion topless scenes. In movies, yeah. But, but that is the way that shot with the mist. The, yeah, yeah the, yeah. the running water in the back. And even just the way they portray the fantasy and then, of course, yeah. the humiliation of Judge <laughs> Reinhold's character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. But that's, that's the worst. Is yeah, that song is perfect with her coming up out yep. of the water, yep. and he just kind of got that mis- kind of mysterious, uh, yep. s- you know, synthesizer sounds. You know, oh. I always thought you were cute, Brad. <laughs> and, then, and then you cut to Brad in the bathroom. He's like, oh. and the funny thing is, I was telling my list to Sue. She has no patience for nudity <laughs> in movies because it's usually <laughs> very gratuitous and oh, absolutely, and she feels like it's degrading to the women. Mm-hmm, and of mm-hmm. course, she's you know, Phoebe Cates is supposed to be a teenager. She was eighteen when they shot. Right. They don't have any actresses doing topless scenes that aren't mm-hmm. of legal age in movies, even though they're playing teenagers. And that's the, you know that movie in particular because right. mm-hmm. I actually was thinking somebody's baby from that movie could be in the conversation too. Oh yeah, with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee losing sure. her virginity and yeah. everything that goes on with that scene. Yeah. But yeah, Sue just doesn't like to see that. No, Kathy doesn't either. Yeah. I always defend myself with saying, listen, when I talk about these movies, right? I know I'm in my early 50s and I'm thinking about like a teenage girl, <laughs> but the truth is I'm still seeing that scene yeah. through my teenage eyes. Like that was one of the first sure. movies that I saw stuff like that yeah. as a yeah. teenager. And mm-hmm. it was like, it blows your mind when you're a teenager. I applaud you for bringing that one. All up. right, cool. Absolutely. All right, number three. Okay. My number three is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ah, okay. Just because that's 1968, mm-hmm. uh, Alex North, mm-hmm. originally composed in 1896 by Richard Strauss, entitled Also Sprach Zarathustra. But that is just the haunting sound. You know, when you're looking at the obelisk mm-hmm. and there's just got that... And you're like, what? 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 You're like waiting for something. Yeah. Used to great comedic effect in History of the World Part 1. Mel Brooks's great movie. And that's another one that that sound is just permeated our culture. Absolutely. You know? So that's my number three. Good choice. Good choice. Number three for me 
is a song called Blood Pollution in the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg oh, and Jennifer Aniston. Have you ever seen the movie? I haven't oh. seen it. I know. It's on my list. It's a fun movie. And if you were a fan of 80s hair metal or hair rock or heavy mm-hmm. metal or anything like that, you probably have a real soft spot in your heart for this movie. And I do mm-hmm. for that reason. Mm-hmm. So in the scene, Mark Wahlberg's character is put on this little elevator backstage that lifts him up to the top of a platform on stage. In the scene, the band is playing the beginning intro of the song while he's being lifted up in the elevator. Okay. And he's like playing a little air guitar, mm-hmm. getting ready. Yeah, psyching himself little, up. He's a little nervous because it's his first gig with the band because he replaced okay. the, you know, the original lead singer. Okay. He gets to the top, he turns around, faces the crowd, is backlit with his bright light, mm-hmm. and then the spotlights hit him. <laughs> oh, and cool. then like he comes in with a yeah! <laughs> with the, the, the metal scream. <laughs> And the thing I love about that scene in the movie is that it's probably the closest I'm ever going to come to being on stage overlooking an arena full of screaming fans and what that must feel like, that power. Because you feel like you're right up there with them. Yeah, yeah. But then it all goes bad because he's walking down a staircase to get to the stage with the rest of the band and he loses his footing on one of the steps and he falls like 10 to 15 feet to the stage. Oh, crap. Uh, Exactly. And that's what you do when you're watching the movie. You're like, oh "Oh, no! Oh Oh, no, his big moment! And he falls and and he hits his head and he's all groggy on the stage and he gets up and he's got blood pouring down the side of his face. And then the band kind of starts the song up again, and then he just kicks ass. He just kicks ass and owns it, and just and and, and at that moment he's the new lead singer of the band. It's the great moment in the movie. Oh wow! It's a great song. That it, it's great. It's just like I said. It just makes me feel. Like mm. it almost kind of fulfills a fantasy of being on stage in front yeah. of, you know, 10, 15,000 screaming fans. Right. Oh, man. And I mean, awesome. what teenage boy hasn't fantasized years later still not fantasizing about oh, to be exactly. a front man and rock? Oh, yeah. Exactly. So that's my number three Blood Pollution Rock Star with Mark Wahlberg. Wow. Very cool. My number two, and again, I'm going way back. I'm going back to 1960. Okay. I'm going back to uh, something written by Bernard Herman. Okay. See if you can guess the movie. Oh, Psycho! Psycho! That's right. genius. So great moment. And That's the thing great. is, and that and right the the whole thing. She's in the shower, and you see the shadow coming towards her. The curtain is kind mm-hmm. of obscuring the shadow, the shape, and then all of a sudden, the curtain's thrown back. She's screaming. The knife is going. Mm-hmm. Holy crap on a cracker. What is more? <laughs> I, I, and then the chocolate syrup spills down the shower yeah, drain. <laughs> right. And your heart is pounding. It's just, oh. Yeah. And, you know, and that scene has been redone a gazillion times. Mm-hmm, parodied and whatnot. Parodied and everything. I mean, I'm sure the Simpsons have probably mm-hmm. done it. It's everywhere. It's unmistakable. The, Eric, that oh. scene is so powerful. Yeah. I'm ashamed to admit this. I don't uh, think I've ever seen the original Psycho. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I know, I know about that scene. You know that scene. Of course. It's it's everywhere. It's just boom right yeah. there in your face. Yeah. And your heart's thumping. It's it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's um, unbelievable. Certainly a huge part of the of the impact of that scene when he's stabbing her in the shower. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Excellent choice. Thank you. Number two for me, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption, oh, yeah. which is probably my all-time favorite movie. It's certainly yeah. in, the, in the conversation Absolutely, for all time. Yeah. 
And the scene from Shawshank is uh, Solaria from mm. Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro. Right. It's the scene where Andy Dufresne gets the shipment to build the library. And in it, he's thumbing through all the uh, LPs. Okay, right. And he finds the album and he puts it on. Yeah. And it's this beautiful opera piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's listening to it and he's like transported. And he and he gets this idea. What, the guard that's there with him goes into the bathroom to, to take a dump. Right. He locks that guy in. Right. And then he locks the warden's office where the delivery came in. Mm-hmm. And he takes the microphone for the PA system that goes throughout the entire prison. Yeah, yeah. And he fills the prison yard with this music. Mm-hmm. In the scene, there's a narration from Morgan Freeman's character. I tell you, those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. Mm-hmm. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank felt free. Mm. And the power of how that the piece of music transports everybody and the looks on their faces. Mm-hmm. But my two favorite things about the scene were improvised by uh, Tim Robbins. Oh, He sits back in the chair... Yeah. And he has a smirk on his face, like how proud he is and how he's in a different place. Yeah. But then the warden comes to the door and he's like, Dufresne, open the door, mm-hmm. open the door. Mm-hmm. The guard is knocking on the door with his, you know, yeah. his billy club. Uh-huh. Tim Robbins in the scene ignores him. And then he leans over and he turns the music up a, up little, a bit. little bit. It's yeah. it's so powerful and mm-hmm. such a great scene in the movie. It's awesome. Yeah. And just it's great acting that yeah. all these hardened criminals. criminals yep are somehow being released. You know, something's happening. Their faces are changing. That's a great choice. That movie's like two and a half hours long. I can watch it over and over again and never get tired of it. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, number one for you. My number one is Rocky. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And it's not just because I'm slowly becoming a Philadelphian. Mm -hmm. It's just that music is so inspirational. And when they're doing like the montage Mm -hmm. of him training, and it was an awesome movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a great movie. The whole story of, you know, the underdog and unknown coming up, the music is just there driving him, driving you. This is his big moment. Yeah. To realize he's the man that he he wants to be or thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah. This is his chance to actually get there. It's stupid. I actually get a little misty because of just, you know, I, I start to think personally about when I wanted to be a world-class athlete and all that. That's the thing about Rocky Balboa. He's not a world-class athlete. He's a sort of a thug in the streets, like what Mickey tells him in the movie. Yeah. You know, you could have been a great fighter, but you became a two-bit thug or whatever he calls him. Yeah. You know? That song, you're talking about Gonna Fly Now, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. What red-blooded American doesn't get psyched when they see that training montage? Oh, yeah. And, you know, running up the steps. Exactly. With the music there. Yeah, when I ran track other teams and sometimes our teams, you're playing that music in the bus as you're approaching, you know, the stadium because yep. you're just trying to get psyched up. It's everywhere. It's understood by everybody. It's impossible. <laughs> exactly. It's impossible to not feel a little like more spring in your step and your and your oh, blood yeah. pumping a little bit when you hear that. No, you know? absolutely. I'm going to uh, agree with you at number one. Rocky oh, going to okay. fly now. Number one for no me too. Kidding. Of course. It's got to be right. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to like go a little bit further. Sure. And I'm going to say that pretty much the entire score of the first Rocky movie. Mm hmm can kind of take you to places. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gonna Fly Now is is the most obvious one because right. what that song is paired with in the movie right. is unmistakable. Yeah. But yeah. but I want you to think back to 
when Rocky first starts training, okay, he's really out of shape yeah. and he's running and he's holding his side because he's got cramps. And the first yeah. time he tries to run up the steps of the museum, right, he doesn't make it. But mm-hmm. the, and the music, mm-hmm. the scoring, kind of tells that story yeah. too. Yeah, you know. And then mm-hmm. if you go after the montage when he's fighting Apollo, yeah, some of the music in those scenes and the fight scenes is mm-hmm. like, oh my god, it's like it's incredible. And you can hear that music outside of the movie, right, without the visuals, mm-hmm. and you see the movie in right. your head. That's right. how good it is. Yeah, it's a narrative. The music is very much a narrative, very much. Of and what's Bill Conti, it can't be overstated enough how mm-hmm. how great his score to that first Rocky movie is. Yeah. And the other thing too is that I think the music in Rocky really sets the stage for how music is used in all of the Rocky movies, mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. Eye of the Tiger whether it's No Easy Way Out, which is played mm-hmm. during the uh, I'm Missing My Friend Apollo uh, oh, right. montage yes. when he's driving the Maserati in uh, Rocky IV. Right, Hearts on right. Fire from Rocky IV when he's training for the fight with Drago, the way they use Living in America with yeah. James Brown. Mm-hmm. There's an album um, called The Rocky Story, okay. which is essentially like a greatest hits of the Rocky music. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that album for mm-hmm. anybody who's a fan of the Rocky movies. But also, you can't go wrong with picking up the actual soundtrack score right. for the first Rocky movie. And even like the the music that's used when the fight's over. Yeah. It's so it's so well done. Oh yeah. Rocky is definitely awesome. You know, when you talk about scoring and and you talk about movie music moments, I mean, you know, the fact that neither one of our top five had a piece from John Williams in it is... Who? (laughs) (laughs) I think the reason for that is because we decided we got to do a separate podcast of John Williams moments because there's so many amazing ones. Yeah, I'm sure if any, you know... It's Anyone almost not even fair this. to put him on a list with well, other people. Yeah, and it's, you know, not to belittle anybody else, but right. it's just, I mean, my list, of course, would have had Star Wars, but... Right, but it, what's seen in Star Wars? As, yeah, See, well, that, and that's why... another story. That's, yeah. why, that's why I want to do John Williams but separate, because it's not just Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's Jaws, mm-hmm. right? Oh, my God. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. E.T., e- Close e- Encounters. Right. Superman. Did he do Jurassic Park? Yep. And I had a list of so many other things. You can tell, I guess, the list I was doing was a little different. I was mm-hmm. like 007, James oh Bond. Oh, my God. that His theme song. Forget right. It. I, yeah. It's like, and they use that in every song, and that's like him walking with the gun. Yeah. And then, of course, the James Bond movies always had hit theme songs, too. Right. For Your Eyes Only, The Spy Who Loved Me. Right. There's always a pop kill. Finger. View to a Kill. Yeah. I mean, there was every one of them, you know? Yeah. So. Chariots of Fire I mm-hmm. had just because excellent y- choice you hear that and you want to go for a run of course or sit down I don't know and yeah, again cool. used in a parody sense in yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation That's when right. they get to Wally World <laughs> so yeah yeah I had some honorable mentions yeah and yeah. I'll just kind of roll through them really quick yeah yeah say anything in your eyes when he holds right. up the, the boom box oh yeah the claymation scene in Better Off Dead with Everybody Wants Some by Van Halen. Yes. The movie Red with Bruce Willis back in the saddle by Aerosmith when he's beating up mm-hmm. the younger uh, right. <laughs> yeah. of the fight. That's right. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off 2, okay. uh, Twist and Shout, obviously, Twist. at the parade float. But mm-hmm. uh, the song Oh Yeah during the end credits. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead, Don't Stop Me Now. Don't Stop Me Now. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. I mean, those are all wonderful um, uses of a song in a movie, too, for yeah. me. So, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to come up with a five. I almost forgot about the scene in Animal House. I'm telling you, I can never hear that song without thinking of John Belushi. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. awesome. All right. Great list. <sighs> that was good. That, that was, was a lot fun. of fun. I think we got a few more ideas for. More podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Out of this. Exactly. 
And, you know, I thought about it after I came up with my list. I have nothing from This Is Spinal Tap. I know. I think the reason is, even though I did Rockstar, I try not to do movies that are really music-themed. And Spinal mm-hmm. Tap is a movie about a fake band. But with Spinal Tap, all of the songs are so great in the way they, oh, yeah. they play into the movie. So, right. And yeah. that would open up a whole different thing altogether. Absolutely. So, yeah. We could actually probably do a list of Spinal Tap moments that are great. Oh, my know? gosh. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you have movie music moments that really stand out for you? Let us know. Tweet us at Jason Davis Voice. You can email us. Ranking podcast at yahoo.com. And remember, the Ranking Things podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e-learning, phone message, and all kinds of other stuff. Check it out. Well, I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Eric Wright. Thanks for listening to the Ranking Things podcast. Yeehaw.